0: Hi everyone, thank you so much for finding us on your favorite podcast app
1: and or YouTube.
0: My name is Joe Lee with Faith Wilson, Christie's International Real Estate.
1: And my name is Jeff Chan, also licensed with Faith Wilson, Christie's International Real Estate.
0: And starting from today, we're also known as the Mike for Vancouver Real Estate. Jeff.
1: What's Monday. Up, Joe? Monday is podcast day. Uh, Monday's our favorite day of the week. Exactly. How's your week? Yeah, uh, it was pretty good. I don't know if you guys can see my stitches are healing pretty well. Hoping to get them taken out uh, in the next few days, but we'll see. Good. Yeah, I can see that I can finally see your right eye for the week. Yeah. I don't know. Like I got punched in the face. Like, <laughs> thankfully, nobody at the open house asked me about that. <laughs> <laughs> or,
0: or it looked like you kind of had a little makeup going like a little eyeliner going. <laughs> oh, stop. Oh my God. But thank you guys, uh, for joining our uh, podcast. You can probably see from the title, um, that as we conclude kind of the November series of all the podcast. And honestly, guys, we're also concluding season one of mm-hmm. this whole podcast as we enter kind of the end of the year. Um, uh, we thought that it would be good to maybe talk something that's not real estate related. You know, it's been about three, three and a half four months that's it i swear to god we've been doing this for like six months i honestly thought that we've been doing this since like april until yeah. i seriously started to look back i was like oh like it was after uh one of our buddy's wedding
1: yeah because you know her. episode 15 we do four four episodes a month and yeah. you know we're basically
0: three and a half months yeah um and the reason why i'm bringing this up is because like you know it's been about three and a half months four months and you know people don't when we talk all about real estate but people don't really know who we are and why we're talking in front of the camera, Mm -hmm. educating them about real estate and stuff like that. So, you know, we kind of give hints here and there, I guess for me, Mm -hmm. like you always kind of throw a hint about my my past, my background. Um, But, you know, I thought that maybe we'll start with you this week, right? Because you know people kind of know my background with the pre-sale and all that stuff, but a lot of people don't
1: know who you are. Joe, you're being very humble. There's nobody I've talked to in real estate that hasn't said, oh, you work with Joe. No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> hopefully in a, in a good way. Hopefully in a good
1: way. 90% positive things.
0: Uh, what is that last 10% man? <laughs> um, so yeah, so today we are gonna do a relaxed, lay back. We're just having an open conversation mm-hmm. and we just, let people learn a little bit about you jeff chan and who you are and why you're in the business and all that stuff and how we
1: ended up doing this podcast together yeah i really don't like talking about myself but uh (laughs) you know it's (laughs) hey (laughs) exactly what we gotta do we
0: gotta do what we gotta do and you know just let people kind of know who we are and you know maybe they can relate yeah hopefully i don't
1: put you guys to sleep i feel like my life has been pretty you know calm and you know but
0: No, with your past, you got some interesting stories, right? We'll, we'll talk about it um, uh, for the listeners on the podcast. You ready? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Um, I mean, let's start from baby Jeff.
1: Baby Jeff, I think, uh, you know, I have a pretty standard immigrant story, I feel like, at <laughs> least. So my parents came from Hong Kong mm-hmm. uh, in the 80s. And they had first uh, baby Claudia, my sister. Okay. Um, She's a couple years older than me. And then uh, they had me, you know, my grandparents came over. They basically took care of me and my sister while my parents had to go work. So like many immigrants, we were like working class. And um, I went to school both in Richmond uh, and in Vancouver. I graduated from um, Prince of Wales. And uh, after that, went into the working world and here we are today i think my my childhood was relatively mundane you know i spent mornings watching uh fox kids tv watching pokemon you know when ash ketchum finally won the world championship the other week uh definitely that I cured th- up a the little kid bit. in me gave yeah. a gave a hurrah finally how can you do that for 25 years and still look like you're 12 years old <laughs> like, <laughs> that's your secret and then i realized i looked at his lineup for for the pokemon that he chose and i only recognized maybe like two of them so definitely out of touch but pokemon did come to north america in like 1996 or something like that i can't even recall i but i was maybe i was in high school and i was you were watching yeah, <laughs> Pokemon. i mean i was like- in the, pokemon digimon um i was into sports uh sports yeah well before we do that though prince of wales
0: yeah that's a really good school
1: yeah so everybody tells me but when i went there the school looked like it was about to fall apart and uh what i really thought was excellent about the school was really the teachers that i had you know they were very very impactful in. um shaping me to the person that i am today like i spent a lot of days after school shooting at the gym i got to know the from the janitor to like the foods room teacher to the athletic department head my counselor like everybody was super supportive and eventually you know i moved to richmond and, and they all knew i was cross boundary but nobody really cared even though at that time it was like kind of like a like a no-no yeah yeah no i
0: remember growing up that was like oh what you're from cross border yeah oh oh, you're that special kid
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know taking uh, the bus from richmond riding the 98b line for those of you guys (laughs) who remember the 98b line before the canada line um my sister and i until finally got my license and then you know for the young people getting your license is getting freedom yes um i drove my like 1989 volvo that was older than me to school it was like whoa like what a blast into my age there but <laughs> and you know like you see that development um where the old safeway used to be on our and yeah. i remember when all of that was just a mall i'd go there to a and w for breakfast i'd walk up to carousel to go to mcdonald's like three times a day before basketball practice after basketball practice and during lunchtime like there's so many bubble tea places carousel is yeah one of my favorite communities still to this day
0: still still very mm-hmm. some changes but still they kept that original uh how do i say it, that environment mm-hmm. that you can still kind of feel i still remember those train tracks were actually running trains back in the days. Yes. Uh, I still remember those, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but since you talk about sports a couple of times, and now we also know about your eyes, <laughs> let's talk a little <laughs> bit of basketball. I know that you're into it. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I know that from way past, but, um you know, where do you play? Tell me a little bit about it. So
1: before I started playing basketball, I didn't really think it was such a contact sport (laughs) but over the years you know I've uh, dislocated my pinky I've broken my nose before um, I've gotten like stitches Mm. in both my eyes Mm -hmm. so maybe I just like have bad luck with it I don't know but funny thing is like you know people that know me you know that I love playing basketball however I don't watch any basketball. At that
0: all. That's the thing. I always say, you're the only person that is so in love with basketball that doesn't know anything about the NBA. No, because I'm so into NBA. You know our friends are so into oh NBA. Oh yeah.
1: Like I've never participated in any fantasy basketball. Um, I just really love to compete and I think that's what it is. And when I originally started basketball, basketball actually wasn't my sport. I actually like playing soccer. But my mom was like, Oh, Jeffrey, don't play soccer. You know, your calves are going to get super big and it'll stun your growth. And of course, like me being 11 years old, I'm like, okay, mom, <laughs> I'll play something else. And then we went into volleyball and like basketball because, oh, you jump a lot. You're automatically going to be higher. I don't know if that's scientifically proven. If you guys know a little bit more detail about that, please share. I would love to know if uh, that was just an old wives tale, which think about now. It made zero sense because there's some really tall like FIFA players out there, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's, like, there's like way over six foot uh, FIFA players out there. Right? Yeah,
1: but so I started playing I think in grade five or so and um, basketball actually is very meaningful to me because uh, a lot of people don't know this. When I tried out for the school team in grade eight, I was five foot two, um, very like a little shrimp. I got cut in the first cut right away, but, you know, I still went to all the practices I Went I to try out in grade nine. I got cut in the first cut again. Didn't get discouraged. I still joined their summer camps and whatever. And in grade 10, oh, I made it past the first cut, but then I got cut the second <laughs> cut. So I actually didn't make it to the school team until I was in grade 11. In grade 11, I rode the bench, barely played, um, and our school didn't even have that great of a team. So that's like a testament to what my skill level was at that time. Really wasn't that great. But finally, in grade 12, um, I actually became a starter and Mm -hmm. won a scholarship at this um, HSBC basketball tournament that kind of helped fund part of my uh, first-year post-secondary education. So that kind of story, like, resonates with me like forever um about hey um at first if you try something you don't succeed like what you do you try 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 again and and thinking about it now all these um self-development or self-help books all Mm -hmm. talk about hey success the people the difference between successful people and people who failed is that just the successful people never stop trying because we all know like how many failures it takes it's just like failing better.
0: Yeah. Like, it's okay. not about motivation, it's about consistency, right?
1: Yeah, and you know, like I think about Elon Musk as he's probably like one of the most successful people in our lifetime or in lifetimes to come. Yeah. I wonder how many failures he went through before he created Tesla. Of course. No. And even now, you know, like with his like SpaceX program, like how many rockets exploded before like they get one up in the air. Yeah, or right now with Twitter, or everything that he's trying to do with uh, Twitter. <laughs> uh, Sizing like half half no. Twitter and I, I don't know this is such a unique people and i think also a, a common character trait of successful people is they're all a little bit crazy yeah it's true but aren't we all like i mean
0: <laughs> no i mean crazy is just not as nice of a term unique is the right term individualism eccentric eccentric there you yeah. go okay
1: but you know where do i play now you know i uh i I play in a couple of different men's leagues. There's this place called Union Gym um, on Mitchell Island where all the junkyards are. There's a lot of people that play there now. Mm-hmm. I've been a member of the Richmond Oval since they opened in like 2009. When they're
0: charging and $20 a month for a membership fee. No, the
1: first one was uh, 60 days for $60. I still remember that promotion. So it was $30 a month. Now, I think it's at $72 a month or something like that.
0: That is inflation at its core.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so basketball, I love playing. I love competing. I love exercising. Um, To me, that's like kind of my safe space and like my way of meditating uh outside of like you know sitting sitting s- silently but
0: i mean i'll just add on for most listeners you know you know I, i'm 37 and, and we are my friends are all around the same age and when we're talking about basketball like when jeffrey's talking about basketball and when i'm talking about basketball it's like two different basketballs when i'm saying oh let's play basketball it's like half court three on three You're barely trying because you don't want to pull a muscle. (laughs) You don't want to pour your Achilles. Sorry, Eric. (laughs) But your basketball, the one time I need to go pick up something and I want to drive to It's like full court, full contact. People just running back and forth as if you are playing an NBA game, which blows my mind because I'm like, how
1: are you still moving at this rate? (laughs) Health is wealth. And I think if you really put the time into like your personal fitness which i know you have in preparation of your hawaii trip you'd be surprised at the result
0: yeah i mean it's true it's true just i don't know just i'm hearing everything around me about how my friend tried to play basketball again yeah. one person gets, hurt, another person gets hurt hey if you guys want to
1: see a video of uh, joe and i playing one-on-one in basketball let us know maybe we'll do one what <laughs> <laughs> okay well that's baby Jeff, I
0: guess. Yeah. Right now let's move on to adult Jeff. You know, what, what was Jeff before real estate? I, I know like, you know, you work in the restaurant business, yeah. but you know, share some stories with our listeners.
1: Wow. Okay. So most people know me as Jeff from cactus club. Okay. Uh, I, I worked for them for 10 and a half years. Uh, I think I spent 13 years total in the restaurant industry. I've worked for like another very prominent restaurant franchise. Um, I think when I first started, I was in grade 12, and my friend's mom was like, hey, uh, Michael's going to go apply for um, a part-time job for the summer. Why don't you go with him? And back then, yeah, this was in 2008, so the same time that you started real estate. Yes. And I went to this place. I was like, oh, i never worked in a restaurant before. Hmm, what is this? Oh, so they were going to pay me $12 an hour to be a dishwasher? I was like, hell yes. That's like the most I've ever gotten paid. I think minimum wage was like $8 yes. or something like that yep. at the time. I had never even been to a cactus club, not even the one on number three road in Richmond, that, that dinky one before it got torn down. So I was like super excited, super gung ho. I walked into this restaurant and I was like, wow, this place is massive. It's like two floors. I think it was like two, 300 seats or something like that. And um, slowly worked my way from a dishwasher. I worked every single position in a restaurant, like all the way in back of house all the way up to like front of house as a general manager so i've served i've managed i have bartended i was a busser i was a line cook a prep cook wow and uh i think one of the core values that they taught at that organization Uh, was called Kaizen. Now Kaizen isn't made up by them. Kaizen is actually a Japanese term and uh, it means continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. So when they were talking about this uh, core value, it really resonated with my experience with basketball. Mm -hmm. So I think that uh, for me, I was like, okay, this was very interesting. It was fun. I was working with a lot of people like around my age. Most people that work in restaurants are in their 20s or their 30s. And every single time I would learn a little more and okay, I get paid a little more. I'd learn a little more and get paid a little more. I'm like, Oh, okay, well I, I like this. Mm-hmm. So and I was always kinda into foods, even in high school. Mm-hmm. So after I uh graduated high school I stayed working there um they offered to move me to front of house when i wanted to quit because at the time i was taking like a hospitality management program mm-hmm. and i was like, okay i'm gonna go work in a hotel that's like the natural yep. transition yeah. and then they're like oh whoa 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 like when you first applied you applied to be front of house uh why don't we move you there and give it a try mm-hmm. boom another like six years after that just really <laughs> suckered me in but it was a great time like since then i've worked seven different locations uh wow it, it was amazing wow you said 12 years total in restaurant uh yeah, 12
0: or 13 years. 12, tall. 13? Well, there's going to be some stories yeah, you can share. <laughs> let's, start with, uh, let's start with some funny stories.
1: Um, a funny story. Okay, well, one time <clears throat> I was working at a location in downtown and it was crazy busy lunch rush. Like, you guys have been, everyone's been to a busy restaurant. You know, there's a line up at the door, there's like a half hour wait list, whatever. And there was a group of people that I could clearly knew, know that they were here on a work lunch. Um, there was a five of them. And me, I was managing at the time, and I was uh, carrying four burgers on one plate, um, plus, or one tray, sorry, uh, plus a large salad in another. And literally 10 steps before I get to the table, I trip, and oh! the whole thing comes crashing down on the floor. I look up, the entire table looks at me, of course they knew that that was their food. <laughs> I make a U-turn, I run back to the kitchen and I say, Chef, I'm so sorry, I dropped this. And he's like, I could tell that he was like kind of inside, probably like, oh, WTF, what are you doing, Jeff? But he's like, okay, no problem, what do you need? And then I like refired it. But that was like kind of like a, oh, shoot, you know? Don't bite off more than you can chew. You're just trying to be a hero, get all the food out at once because they're already waiting like half an hour. I would say that that's kind of like a funny story. And there's a lot of stories like that. So. I think working in a restaurant, you're constantly putting out fires. Mm-hmm. And I think for the people who haven't worked um in a restaurant before, hopefully I can like shed a little light on it. Like literally every single day it's like you're going to battle. You suit up in your uniform, you get the restaurant ready, so you're like getting all your weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, doors open, okay, boom, you're going to battle. When I worked at this one location for four and a half years, it was like clockwork. Doors open at eleven, restaurants filled at eleven thirty. Mm-hmm. We do one flip at one. Yeah. And then one flip again at 2.30. Boom. And in that time, we're literally serving over a 1,000 people. And this was in like 2008, Mm -hmm. during the global economic crisis. And this restaurant was still flourishing. Imagine the amount of planning, um, the teamwork involved, the communication, the systems that we have in place. That was honestly, like, one of my biggest takeaways It was, like, wow, this is, like, a very well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. But I've also seen it, like, when it was, like, in a disaster zone where, like, (laughs) people forget to cook their fries or, like, things are coming up at different times. Like, it's literally, like, I'm sorry to say, but it's like a shit show, like, in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And not only in the kitchen, like, even in the bar. Like, I have one story here where it was Pride Weekend. Okay there was a bartender that called in sick or, and there was some scheduling issue too. I was literally standing as a, as a manager again, side by side, shoulder to shoulder with a guy in the, in the bar well, making drinks nonstop for four hours because people just wouldn't stop.
0: Wait, but do you know how to make the drinks?
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. I was trained
1: as a bartender and like, yeah, so I was literally doing it side by side for four and a half hours. Not only that, halfway through, a server comes up to me and says, Jeff, um, a customer just told me two people walked in the bathroom and they're having sex. And I was like, wow. What? <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is exactly what I wanna deal with right now. But I couldn't, like, my hands are tied. Like, the chit rail of all the bills, it's like taller than you and me. I could like loop it around myself. So of course I had to prioritize like serving all these people first. And then as soon as it like subsided a little bit, I went to uh, the office to try and figure out who it was and it looked at the camera. And as I turn on the camera, live feed, Two more people are walking towards the washroom. Of course. when two people walk into uh, a washroom together that are opposite sex, I can generally make an assumption of what's going to happen. I literally stormed out of the office, ran up to them, and I'm like, this is not your house. Get out of here right now. And then they just kind of like, the, the, the lady kind of looked like a little sheepish. And like, the guy just like walked out and just super proud. and like, <laughs> Super proud. I, I don't know. But like, that stuff happens pretty often it's not the first time that like i had to deter a situation like that Ooh, okay i have to cut it i have a lot of questions yes
0: yeah. i am pretty sure our listeners does this as well first
1: of all lunch it was lunchtime yes broad daylight so it was probably like <coughs> two o'clock or three o'clock on the afternoon because uh the pride parade's usually on sunday so i definitely remember it was sunday i remember exactly the couple people i was working with too like i will never forget that that was like one of the craziest things i had to deal with i mean over time like there's been other crazy things, too. I've been, had racial slurs thrown at me. I've had people threaten me. I've actually had people hit me before. I mean, I could go on and on. Like, this story here, someone actually hit me in the face. Um, but I, because she refused to pay for her bill, she spat on me. And I called the police, and they detained her. And at the end, they asked me if I wanted to press charges on them. I said, no, they wrote me a letter, actually, and she was very apologetic. She says, I think I did that to you because that's how my husband abused me in the past. So she was very, very sorry. I think she actually needed some maybe psychiatric help. Yeah. And, nope. So I just said, you know, please just get her the help that she needs. I don't want to press charges. because What's that going to do? You incarcerate someone and they're just going to feel even worse about themselves. Uh, at least you call the cops. I'll share, like, I think I told you the story, too. So I got spat
0: on yeah. in pre-sale. Well, in my pre-sale these as well with the lineup with the crazy lineup like they use like oh you're so blah 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 spat on me I, I didn't even know that you could call the cops I should have just called the cops
1: oh like I had that, them huh? on speed dial actually I knew them quite well from working at that specific location because uh, not bad huh uh, that part of downtown which just you get a lot of like crazy things that happen and we've all had a wild night out in downtown i'm sure but uh yeah these were kind of crazy but on the flip side you know like working in a restaurant i truly love that experience and i feel like that's where i grew up these people become like your family i had thanksgiving dinner what? with the staff mm-hmm. like in the restaurant after we closed the restaurant we ordered it from the flying pig and we all had a meal together when oh. you work in a restaurant, it's like you, you say goodbye to your friends, birthdays, anniversaries. Mm-hmm. You say bye to like having a social life outside the restaurant. So of course, it's natural that the people that you spend the most time with become your close friends and like your family. That's true. We're uh, so busy like giving other people a good time, giving them an experience. Like <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. Sometimes there's not enough time for ourselves.
0: Yeah. No. I worked in a restaurant uh, for a very short period of time during uh, the economic downturn in 2008, and I I can kind of feel like what you're talking about. But obviously, I wasn't at the level. I was just a dishwasher plus a cook Mm -hmm. making pizzas. And I can already feel like, you know, what you're talking about, the different times that people come in and all that stuff and how stressful it gets, Mm -hmm. right? So this is actually a perfect transition, right? Because we're taught where we, I personally know a lot of uh, realtors, real estate agents that Mm -hmm. actually the past was from, restaurants hotels what have you yeah now now you have so much experience in you know in restaurants and stuff like that now obviously you you're you're also a real estate agent i want to just pick your brain a little bit like Mm. what is it about restaurants or hotels that just makes this scale or make this jump into real estate so smooth right? Is, is there, there's to be some skills that's transferable here. Like in your case, yeah. what is it? Like I, I, I work as a chef at a restaurant, so I, I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't know what, what the front people had to deal with. I know it's some crazy stuff because people tell me all the time, right? <laughs> but I want to hear from your side, like what do you think is transferable? Uh,
1: I think there's a, a few things. And before I started working at a restaurant, I literally thought food just magically like appeared in front of you. You know, someone goes in the back, they get it and they bring it to you and boom, that was it. Mm-hmm. But there's actually a lot more involved in that. And Mm -hmm. I think when you're working in restaurants, you're actually working with people. Mm -hmm. And even when you work in real estate, you're working with people. People. So when you work in a restaurant, you get very, very good at um, reading a situation, reading reading a person, communicating with them, uh, really listening to see what they want Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes what they don't want. Like the nonverbal communication and that really translates into real estate as well it's like our job to kind of think outside the box mm-hmm. and anticipate our clients needs mm-hmm. just like when you work in a restaurant hey you should be bringing someone that extra napkin before they ask you should be topping up their waters before they ask those are like basic service skills mm-hmm. nowadays mm-hmm. and let's talk about stress okay so Joe, I know through the time that we've known each other over a decade now, I've seen you go through, you know, (laughs) some uh, peaks and valleys of of stress. Mm -hmm. And, you know, real estate is a hyper-competitive industry. Mm -hmm. There's nothing quite like it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you don't make a deal, you don't get paid Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Um, Of course, the rewards can be great, but it's stressful. Negotiating with another party um, is stressful enough. Now you throw in multiple offer situations. Um, what happens like it's a very emotional uh transaction yep. for a lot of people. There's people that are you know downsizing because they're forced to, yep. or you know, they spent 30 years in a family home and they're moving on because they're starting their own family. Mm-hmm. So I think like having a high level of emotional intelligence when you work in a restaurant really translates to, to real estate. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, stress in a restaurant, have you tried holding 200 hungry people at bay who are all hangry and having to explain to them why their food is taking uh, longer than what they think it should be taking. Sometimes I can't even deal with my girlfriend being hangry. And that's one (laughs) person.
0: Hey,
1: your girlfriend's a wonderful human being. Yes, yes, yes. And... I something not like, even deal with her. I don't know how you deal with two hundred strangers. Fair. I have a different side of me when I'm when I'm hungry, <laughs> and my girlfriend will definitely yes. say that too. I've seen I'm, it before. I apologize. <laughs> but yeah, when I'm hungry, I just like can't think straight. Yeah. So, working in a restaurant again, you're like putting out fires like left, right, and center. One one server will tell me, "Hey, my drinks are running a long time." Another server will tell me, "Oh my god, I dropped the steak on the ground." One other server will tell me, "Oh, my steak's overcooked." One person's like, "Oh, I forgot to ring in an order." Oh my god, Jeff, someone uh, puked in the bathroom. Oh, oh my god someone's like taking a piss outside the restaurant <laughs> oh there's a homeless person there like can you go deal with it like literally non-stop for nine hours like or more my longest shift i still remember it was the jay-z concert i worked a 12-hour shift i didn't eat and yeah after that i was just like drained so i think like want to translate it to real estate, like we're really good at stress management. We're really good at problem solving. We're really good at communicating and listening. Um, And I think those are probably kind of like the top things that come to mind when I think (laughs) about transferable skills. And you also have to be like very, very organized. Like you mess up on your schedule when you're working in a restaurant on a holiday, like a Canada Day or a Pride Parade, you can really, really mess up that day for all of your staff and all of the guests coming in. And believe me, you do not want to deal with uh, the aftermath uh, or being the one in the middle of it during that time. And for me personally,
0: I, every time I hear you say stories like this, and some of these stories you never share, so I'm shocked that that actually happened. But it's one thing I always say is like, not only with real estate and compared to restaurants is that restaurants, the, the other thing about restaurant that add to another flavor, of difficulty is that you're dealing with younger people you're dealing with like you know early 20s (laughs) late teens whereas in real estate i would like to say that you do deal with you know more sophisticated, a little bit, or even if they're first-time home buyer, they're probably in, like, you know, end 20s, early 30s, and there's got to be a difference dealing with a 20-year-old or, like, a 19-year-old versus a 30-year-old.
1: I think so, and, you know, when I first started managing a restaurant, I was 22 years old. I was managing people that were, like, 30, so, of course, they're going to look at me, and I have a very young face. Yeah. Um, thank you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> but, yeah, it was could be challenging for people to take me seriously, and, you know, when you work up with a bunch of young people, <sighs> making sure that they have the same work ethic mm-hmm. um, I think is a li- can be a little bit of a challenge. But at the end of the day, I think it comes to communication, really. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it, the restaurant life isn't for everyone. Uh, some people make it, some people don't. And just because you don't make it doesn't mean you're a failure of a human being, mm-hmm. not at all. Not at all. Like, I've had to let go of staff um, because they didn't work out for the business, mm-hmm. but they thrived in a different career. Yeah. And they are making, like, you know, 10 times, 100 times what, what they were making before in the restaurant. Um, yeah. And, again, working with adolescent, yeah, it can, it can be challenging. There's a lot of, like, emotions involved, too. And believe me, like, people would think that, hey, you work in a restaurant full of, like, predominantly women. It must be great. I'm like, yeah, it taught me a lot about um, the female mind mm-hmm. and, and uh, mm-hmm. the do's and don'ts as yeah. a male. And you know what? I really want to say I appreciate uh, every, every female out there and what you guys have to go through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because yeah. there's no man without a woman. So.
0: And that that's where I think my background, and your background, really relates because my background working in the pre-sale is predominantly women. Just mm-hmm. like you know, in restaurants, it's predominantly women as well. Mm-hmm. And you, as you work with women for a longer period of time, you start to understand like you know the way that they think is very different from men. The mm-hmm. first of all, mm-hmm. and what they care the most is very, very, very different from what, what men cares the most, yeah. for sure. And the, the way that the brain is kind of, you know, how it's connected and all that stuff, like, yeah. And that's where I I'm, I would personally say I'm blessed that early into kind of my career that I just, there's nothing but women around me. Mm-hmm. And you learn very quickly about, look, these are the things that worry women the most, mm-hmm. and which is, I can tell you guys right now, it's completely different from men it doesn't matter if you're in teens in your 20s in your 30s in your 40s all the way up to your 60s i work with women in their 60s and the way that they're thinking is completely different like what worries them what makes them happy what triggers them it's all very very different and i feel like for both of us we're lucky because then now we know the differences and how they think and how the brain is kind of constructed then we could it's easier for us to kind of talk to different people yeah and that's not
1: even throwing (laughs) in the layers of like cultural background, uh, past experiences. So I think the strongest skill set that I would have that relates to real estate, and I think for you too, is that we have engaged with and dealt with thousands of people uh, in our lifetime so far, which has really taught us how to properly communicate and manage those relationships. That is very very true, mm-hmm.
0: and also crisis control. I mean, you, I tell this to <laughs> you all the time. Your restaurant thing—it's kind of like me dealing with you know all that different floods that was happening to 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 me uh, last year. While dealing with the flood, there was multiple offer situation, buyers trying to book, like just a lot of things are generally happening at the same time. So now, mm-hmm. thank you for sharing. I really understand why people from that industry would then of course make the automatic jump or you know the transition into real estate. Mm-hmm. I, it is. I can kind of see a lot of resemblance into that. So now let's get a little bit more personal. Yeah, uh, I know that you know you left. You're no longer working at a restaurant, mm-hmm. and you can now obviously you you're, you're a real estate agent now just share a little bit, how did you get connected with real estate being a realtor? Mm -hmm. And honestly, why? Like, why realtor? I know that at that time, you want to, you know, leave the restaurant business for multiple different reasons. I know that everything was on the books for you. But Mm -hmm. then you ended up wanting to become a realtor.
1: Yeah, I think uh, real estate kind of first was on my radar is that I actually have a and uncle and aunt who who are realtors, they actually helped my family find find their family home. Okay. Oh, um, that's the very first time I had any uh, exposure to it, mm-hmm. and I think the first time I met you actually uh, was during um, a pre-sale at a location in Metro Town. Yeah. And uh, it was through our mutual friend, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, real estate, kind of cool. Of course, at the time I was like very young, like nothing really panned out, but it was always on the back of my mind, mm-hmm. and even throughout my restaurant career. I had an opportunity to speak to um some local agents about the experience and what kind of uh scared me at the time was the uh, unstable income yeah. and you know like at the time I was like in my early 20s yeah. I had a a car payment and I was like almost a grand a month in total. I don't know why I did that. Okay, <laughs> that let's talk. Okay, okay. I know exactly why. Because when I was 22 and I first signed on the dotted line um, with the golden handcuffs, I got a salary as a manager. I was like, wow, I'm going to give myself a big gift. Uh, and my uncle at the time, he uh, helped me find my first vehicle. Yes, I bought a Mercedes. <laughs> like, why? I <A> bought <laughs> a Mercedes. And it was a good deal. Don't get me wrong. I was like, Zero percent interest, zero down, ten grand off the the um, the base purchase price. So you never find that nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I did love that car. So, but then I was like, oh, so I don't have enough money saved, and you know the income is relatively unstable as a real estate uh, agent. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll hold off for now. And then it was only through like COVID, I think, where I was like, hmm, okay, so I really didn't like how all these restrictions. Uh, affected my daily life it was like very very stressful time of course for Mm -hmm. everybody during Mm -hmm. COVID and um at 13 years in a restaurant I was like okay if I don't make a leap now I'm always gonna wonder what if and uh then I I reached out to you again and I was like Hey, Joe, like, can we have a conversation about this? And that's when I was ready. Like, I just knew I was like, hey, I'm ready for something different. Mm -hmm. I know that I can always go back to a restaurant if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. But this was like a new challenge in my life. Just like, you know, I talked about the core value of Kaizen, continuous improvement. And yeah, okay, I already worked my way all the way up to a general manager. I didn't want to open my own restaurant, or at least I don't right now, maybe Mm -hmm. in the future. So what's left for me in the restaurant industry? nothing. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, this back on the back of my mind, this nagging feeling of like, okay, real estate, real estate, real estate. And I was like, okay, let's go take a look and and try it out. And honestly, like real estate is the biggest transaction in a person's life. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who've known me, like I've always been helping other people make me very happy. Mm-hmm. I always try to go out my way to uh, lend a hand. And that's just kind of how I was raised and what I really value. So by helping someone with the biggest purchase in their life. Like what, what more can I do?
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I still remember you coming to talk to me after that project that you, uh, I think you you texted me or I think it. it I wonder what, if it's in or, our WhatsApp is chat, it, it's so. a, <laughs> That's the thing, is, was it was a text or is a WhatsApp that you wanted to reach out. You'd be like, Hey, you know, bro, I want to, you know, you've been in real estate for a while. kind of want to, sh- you know, talk to you Mm -hmm. and i I still remember that never happened i don't think that yeah because you know what
1: happened they gave me three raises in a year (laughs) um i was like okay well (laughs) i guess i'm staying (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: and now that you've been a realtor for almost a year yeah any what how has it been like you know um highlights lowlights funny stories
1: i think um When people think about real estate, you know, you watch shows like Selling Sunset and whatever on Netflix and everyone thinks like, oh, yeah, you're you're going to be making like hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. I never really saw it that way at all. Um, The money was just like it's just like a byproduct, really. Like for me, I think it's very interesting learning like how a house comes together, all the different types of homes. (laughs) You talk about a highlight. Well, okay. Well, I have to thank you for this highlight because this one client that uh, Joe introduced me to, we saw 70 properties together in one month. I'm sorry. (laughs) And this was within my first month or two of getting officially licensed. And, you know, of course, on one per side, you could look at it as wow what a drag like how much time did it take you oh and not only this they were very comfortable with me driving them to showings yeah so (laughs) we visited i think wow properties in downtown in olympic village in burnaby uh in new west i feel like we almost even went to coquitlam we did go to coquitlam
0: we did Well, you did i didn't
1: (laughs) yeah and Honestly, I saw it as an amazing opportunity for me to see so many different properties uh, to be exposed and around real estate in a way that I don't think any first-year agent would otherwise. And eventually, yeah, we were able to find uh, him and his wife a home. And actually, he just reached out to us again last night about um, looking for another place and potentially uh, selling one of their properties. And I mean, even from this client, they've brought us our our Maple Ridge listing Mm -hmm. um that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what amazes me in the high points is like, wow, you never know like what's gonna happen next. And all the clients that we've helped, like seeing how happy it made them is really, really like the highlight for me. Mm -hmm. And even um that client um R who was looking for a place for their son uh, at UBC. And you know, during that time rents were crazy in ubc like the amount of requests we've had i think we've got like 20 requests a week of people yeah. trying to ask us for to help them find a place yeah and i'm this, still getting it so. yeah this, <laughs> this parent was obviously a little bit stressed out but we were able to cold call them tour them in one weekend i think one day not yeah. even one weekend one, one day, day you we finished wrote it, an yeah. offer and closed the deal in three weeks yeah and that's freaking beautiful yeah and they were so happy, went on a nice dinner out together with them. And honestly, like, yeah, that's like, why? That's not, if you ask me, like, why do you real estate? Like, that's probably why. Because I also get to pick and choose who I work with. Mm-hmm. Not like in my previous career. Hey, sorry. They're coming through your doors. They're a customer. You got to make sure every guest leaves happy. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why we
0: work together quite well, because I think in our mentality of real estate and the way that we take this is also it's very similar in terms of, you know, we're second. We're not that important. And a lot of people is like, I, I speak to a lot of realtors and, you know, the first thing that comes out of the mouth is how much they make. Mm-hmm. And to us, I, I don't care. I, it's just It's it's not about us. It's never about us. So we're just here to facilitate the process. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not about we're the main show and our client is just the byproduct of it, yeah. right? So I think that's, that's why I think, like, you know, uh, working together with you has been quite pleasant just because the way that we think uh, is also quite similar Oh, I still remember. I still remember. you yeah, uh, yeah, we did a deal, and then afterwards, you're like, "So, how much am I getting paid for this?" <laughs> and I was like, "Jeff, okay, let me just write this down for you." <laughs> yeah, I don't think
1: I even knew how to do calculations for like a while, but that's a bromance moment. I have to give you a hug.
0: <laughs> you. I really like working with you too. No, no, no. Okay. Well, next is um, now that you've been here, um, I always like to ask people like. Even when I was doing pre-sale, like, you know, people were coming in, they become the front desk, you know, the coordinators. The, the one question I always ask them is, what exactly do you, like, you know, what is that finish line for you in this mm-hmm. industry? Have you thought about it? Like, at, what I really mean by this is, at what landmark you cross, and then you're like, guys, I think I made it. Mm-hmm. Right, what is that moment for you? because in real estate you're right, like everybody wants different things, you know everybody operates you know as uh, their own different business. We know agents that literally wants to be top one, I know agents that literally wants to be number one, mm-hmm. and also have agents that's happy doing five to seven deals a year like yeah. right? what is it for you like, you're like okay this is my this is that line that you know I cross, and now I can be so proud of myself
1: mm-hmm. I think for me um throughout my entire working years or my entire life that goal post has always shifted further and further and further mm-hmm. so to me there's never a finish line mm-hmm. and that's actually like one of the values that another organization i worked with had is that there's no finish line mm-hmm. it's, it ties back into that core value of kaizen that i really like continuous improvement <laughs> When I worked in a restaurant, it was like, okay, well, I want to be a line cook. Okay, line cook? Okay, well, I want to be a sous chef. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, no, now I want to be a manager. I want to be a manager? I want to be a general manager. Mm -hmm. General manager? Okay, maybe I want to own a restaurant Mm -hmm. one day. And I think in terms of real estate, I think for me, it's just about the the positive impact I can have on people and how far that reach goes. Because let's say I become top 1%. Let's say I become number one. I don't think, to me, that's like, oh okay, I'm done. I can retire now Mm -hmm. and chill. Well, actually, one thing I love about real estate is that I could do this when I'm 80 years old if I wanted to. Yeah.
0: Or you could stop tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Or I can
1: stop tomorrow. It's completely up to you. Yeah. So I think like, uh, you know, I don't have like I made it moment. It's more so like, hey, I want to look back on my career and think about how many people I was able to help, how many lives I've changed in a positive way. And maybe in, in the future, how many more Jeffs and Joes, can I meet and help? Mm-hmm. And like in the beginning of their career. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't think I have an answer about like where the finish line is. Okay. And, and the goalposts, again, I can, it can keep shifting. If I, I can go down a different road. Okay. Yeah. What if we move into commercial real estate? Yeah, yeah. And then from then on, what if we get a builder's license? Yeah. What if we want to get a rental license? I mean, just want to manage rental properties. It's just like so complex but so flexible and there's just so many different ways that um and avenues that we can go which is why i don't think i'll ever be bored and as long as i'm like continuously entertained i think i can do this for a very long time
0: yeah and also like even if you do the same product like every client is a little bit different. The process Mm -hmm. is a little bit different. I mean, not every single client is gonna be like Mr. R that we talked about, right? Some of them drags on for months. I have clients that drags on for years now, Mm -hmm. right? And you know, just like you this year, I also have clients that's like, just like that. Mm -hmm. And I think the unpredictability of this industry is also what creates the beauty of it as Mm -hmm. well, just because you really don't know what to expect tomorrow. But it's also because of that unpredictability that it's not for everybody. Like Mm -hmm. we all know friends that is like, I need to know when I go to work, I need to know exactly what's going to happen at work, and I need to know when I get off of work so I can spend time to myself and the my stability. The is stability what they like, and yeah. the predictability. Mm-hmm. And you know, we are, we are, we have tried to make um, that kind of person get into real estate, and they run. They they just can't handle it because yeah. of that unpredictability, that income that you're talking about. And trust me, like, you know, maybe the episode that comes when I share my side of the story, like, it will resonate with you because why I decide to go into pre sale has to do with income and all that stuff as well, mm-hmm. right? So okay that's that's good to hear that's good to hear i i have a finish line so (laughs) i'll just put that out there right now i do have a finish line we've talked about your finish line yeah yeah i have a very distinct finish line that a close buddy of mine they, they generally all do know and i work very very hard to get to that finish line as quickly as i can right okay well then, as we kind of move into the latter part of this podcast, you know, uh, and also the latter part of this year uh, with December just around the corner, and I think by the time that they watch this podcast, it could be the first week of December already. Yes. Um, we have done many, many uh, market updates, mm-hmm. and we always try to kind of predict now on a personal level. This is unscripted, guys. I didn't tell Jeff anything. I want to know what is your true belief of what the market prediction is in 2023 with everything that we have talked about. As a reminder, yeah. the cooling off period, the banning of the foreigners, the all, uh, what is it, the, the triplex or the David, David <laughs> Ebbies, all that stuff, banning strata, rentals, all that stuff. Yeah, immigration,
1: with- Immigration,
0: recession. raising interest rate. There's so many things that's literally on the table as we turn the calendar year where are you at in terms of predictions? And don't worry, we're not going to hold you against it. And guys, this is just his advice. Don't make any financial decisions based on this guy's advice. This is just what we think based on well, what Jeff thinks based on him being on the field every single day.
1: I think I'll keep it short. Um, in my humble opinion, I think Vancouver has a very, very resilient real estate market. And we're very resilient people in general. We're very adaptable. So in the short term, I think, yeah, like things um, are going to be a little bit shaky. Um, you might see some more foreclosures. Uh, you There will be some some panic, of course. But during those times, there's also going to be a lot of good opportunities for people to find good investment properties, for people to upsize, as we've always said. I think from what the media, the picture that they've painted is that it's going to drop like a ton of bricks. Like when you're playing Jenga and the whole thing comes crashing down. I I don't think it's going to be like that. I think we've already seen signs that the real estate market has slowed and has really turned for the worst in certain markets. Mm-hmm. But again, every city is different. Every product type is different. So you can't just compare everything and, and lump it all together and say, nope, this is what it's like. What I think it's more like, it's a hot summer day mm-hmm. and uh, you guys have taken out a pack of popsicles and left them on the counter. And it's slowly been thawing away, slowly Mm, been thawing away, drip, 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 drip. Then you remember to put it back into the freezer and you're like, oh, shit. (laughs) You put it back in the freezer and then it's going to come back together. Yeah. As it always is.
0: For Vancouver especially. So you're not predicting uh, us going into the
1: directions where some of the
0: cities in the United States is going through right now?
1: No, I don't. and people can say what they want oh vancouver's just propped up with inflated real estate prices whatever like i'll go back to it vancouver is one of the most beautiful cities on the planet Mm -hmm. if people are going to go anywhere they're going to come here i'm not going to go into more details about numbers and stuff we talk a lot about that in the market update Mm -hmm. but my honest opinion maybe i'm just being a a naive optimist and Mm -hmm. you know what if i am then so be it well
0: i i i i'll I'll reserve my opinion for i guess when you know whenever we do my version of this particular podcast now let's uh conclude the podcast here with one segment i like um it's called rapid fire questions what's that i'm just gonna compare two things and you're gonna tell me which one you like more uh and then you're gonna give one to two sentences explaining why you like that more Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You get these ideas.
0: Hey, I watch enough podcasts from other stuff to have all these uh, different ideas about different segments, different things that they do. Okay. Can you tell Joe's very intelligent? No, I'm not. I just copy other people. (laughs) All right. Ready? Yeah. Okay. Okay, First
1: one. uh, Cardio versus weightlifting. Weightlifting. Why? It's so much more interesting. And there's so many different types of weightlifting that you can do compared to cardio where I immediately think about running on a treadmill.
0: You don't like running on a treadmill?
1: I hate running on a treadmill. <laughs> Fun fact: uh, Joe used to run on the treadmill for like an hour every single day, for like five days a week, at the Oval when I used to see him there.
0: Drenched, you know? Drenched. Drenched. Hey, that's how I lost my first fifty pounds back in the 50, day. Fifty people. Fifty. Yes, yeah, right. Second question: uh, Do you enjoy the cold or do you enjoy the hot?
1: I know we talk about the fridge all the time, but a 1,000%, I prefer cold over heat. I do not do well in excessive heat. When I went to Barcelona, it felt like death. I just, like, nonstop sweating, 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 sweating. Because, we talked about this, um, when you're cold, you can put on more layers. But when you're hot, you can't rip off that base layer of your skin. <laughs> so, and I take cold showers every morning. And, yeah, definitely the cold.
0: We're very similar in this, res- uh, in this regard. Uh, next, Western or Eastern cuisine?
1: Western or Eastern? Are we talking... Like, what kind of Eastern are we talking about? Are we talking about, like, Indian food or, no, like, Chinese same. food? Chinese food, you know, it's, like, all over. Hawkers, if you want to. Asking an immigrant that question is, like, telling to pick their right hand or their left hand. Like, I love equal... Like, both of them equally. Depends on the time. But fine, I'll pick Western.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, let's focus on food. Are you a yeah. rice person or are you a congee person?
1: Rice. You don't like congees? I like congees. Congee is basically rice and water I hate congee. so it's like porridge i, I hate congee i hate <laughs> <Chinese> porridge, porridge. <laughs>
0: I hate if you guys don't know what congee is okay and on a personal level we did a whole podcast on this on personal level yeah. condos or townhouses
1: it depends on what stage of life you are in for me this as stage a, right now as a bachelor or even as a young couple i would pick a condo okay as a family i'd pick a townhouse
0: okay uh then let's quickly switch back into food are you a starbucks person are you a bar uh, bubble tea person
1: i've always thought that starbucks is the biggest waste of money ever hey Um, thanks hey (laughs)
0: what (laughs) you know i hold one of this every single day (laughs) yeah
1: um but only i think only really wealthy people can afford having starbucks every single day so yeah i think i would definitely pick bubble tea bubble tea used to be very cheap it'd be like 350 like for bubble tea and Starbucks would be like five, six dollars for a drink. So obviously I would pick bubble tea. I will never forget my first bubble tea experience, Dragon Ball on Oak and King Edward. That, by the way, is still around. It's still really good if you guys never tried.
0: Um, Okay, fried chicken or steak? (laughs) I put this one in just for you.
1: (laughs) I used to be known as the fried chicken king. Yes, you are. Uh, I'd have Church's chicken like three, four times a week. Uh, LA chicken, at least like once a week. I definitely would go for fried chicken.
0: Okay. I think. Okay. Okay. Uh, follow up question. I didn't. We didn't run this. With all these new fried chicken coming into the scenes in Vancouver, is it still Church's?
1: For me personally, it's still Church's chicken. I don't know why. It's just.
0: Uh, so you don't like the new ones, or like Chico
1: Win- Chicken or Chico like chicken. Chirpy Hut, yeah. um,
0: Win Win Chicken
1: they're okay they're not they're they're not bad i also have to really tone down on the right. that, <laughs> that i consume because i don't want to have a heart attack bef- ever uh let alone before 40 so <laughs>
0: makes sense health fair is wealth fair enough fair enough uh next tiktok or instagram reel or youtube short i'll put them together now
1: <laughs> uh, the first time i heard about a youtube short was probably about a month ago okay I didn't have a TikTok account until about a month ago, and I still have nothing on there. And I didn't post an Instagram Reel until probably two months ago. So, uh, Instagram uh, Reel? I guess Instagram Reel, if I had to pick one. I'm sorry, I'm sounding like a boomer right now.
0: (laughs) You know, Instagram Reel is basically what TikTok was famous about two weeks ago. (laughs) So, you know, TikTok is always first, and the Instagram reel catches on the popularity of TikTok. (laughs) Thanks, Joe. No, I'm just trying to justify why I'm always on TikTok, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Last one penthouse or a house? Single family house?
1: Again, it just depends on the stage of life that you're in. I think if I have a family uh, and we have several children together, we would probably prefer a detached home. My dream, or Our dream is actually to have a big piece of land um, and just, you know, have some animals there and really just detach from the city central hub. You want to get off the grid? A A little bit. interesting 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 because i really value like peace and quiet the older i get yeah so i think like having a piece of land you know what maybe you can buy a piece of land right next to me and we can still be buddies but not too close you know maybe Mm. two acres away
0: two acres away or
1: maybe six acres would be nice you know in maple ridge Ah. i would definitely want to live there
0: that is a that is good guys if you don't know like i would say at this point i'm going to throw a plug in there if you haven't seen our listing at 11680 252nd street Check out the video. Check out the photo. I don't care whether or not you're in the market for it. It's such a unique property. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, my answer is different from yours. Uh, you probably know my answer, but it's mm-hmm. okay. We'll reserve it for when I do this. Um, and that generally is the end of the podcast. No, thank you so much uh, for you know really sharing your background, your past to our listeners, um, and you know being able to kind of you know relate maybe to some of these listeners um, that's listening. Um, why don't I do this? You, um, I'm gonna, Let's conclude the podcast with, well, you know where the camera is. You got 30 seconds. Tell people about what you want to do, how, like, you know, what's up with your life, and <laughs> how do you want to promote yourself as a <laughs> realtor? Or, or AKA, by the way, yeah. it's not just me. I'm pretty sure other people, please, I would love to hear elevator pitch.
1: My elevator pitch.
0: 30 seconds.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, before that, I want to say, if you guys make it to this part of the podcast, thank you so much. Message me personally so I can extend a personal thank you. But 30 seconds, why? Um, Listen, I'm young and eager to prove myself. I'm a great listener and I will make sure that I do whatever I can to get you the property that you want or offload the property that you need to offload because I just care a lot more and I'm invested emotionally into a transaction together. And our transactions extend beyond just the transaction.
0: I could agree on that. I could agree on all the deals, then all the clients that you have dealt with, uh, that you have helped me, everybody has been quite Mm pleased and a lot of people don't even know like you know what is the experience they feel like you're definitely much more experienced Mm -hmm. based on the way that you present yourself and stuff like that
1: fake it till you make it baby
0: that's right that's right so thank you Mm -hmm. uh that is it uh this is all about jeff jeff (laughs) chan right yeah thanks Uh, for the opportunity no no wait to do
1: yours and put you in the hot seat
0: oh man uh my mine's not going to (laughs) be as interesting i don't have 12 years of restaurant you yeah. know and like you said most people already know who i am right um so guys thank you so much uh hopefully you guys enjoyed this whole podcast uh, all about jeff chen here um at this point well you, you know what i'm gonna say help us with the algorithm uh, you know like subscribe comment, you know message jeff Uh, If you have any further questions about restaurant life and stuff like (laughs) that, right? Um, So we are uh, the Mike from Vancouver Real Estate. Thank you so much. And we definitely look forward to seeing you next week with probably market up there, right? Probably something a little bit more serious. Yeah. yeah. And just so you know, guys, this is the point. I will say this again. We're probably gonna do two episodes in December and then we're off to our little Christmas break um, and maybe like a new year break. And then we're gonna come back next year with a brand new season. And then we're gonna be doing things just a little bit more differently. So hopefully you guys like this kind of the interviewing process as that is one of the things that we're probably gonna continue. Can't wait. Thank you guys. See you there. Bye now.